I'm reading from Acts, the 27th chapter. We can always find answers for the church in the book of Acts. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse number 9. And now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. If by any means they might attain into Phoenicia and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and last toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, Loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there came, arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Running under a certain island, which is called Clauder, we had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken it up, they used helps undergirding the ship fearing lest it should fall in the quicksands and straight sail and were driven. But we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars had many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would bring anointing to this word, that you would help us, encourage us, and inspire us, O oh Lord God, to live for you, to walk the walk in Jesus' name. But you're going to send the help. You're going to provide the help that we need to get by in Jesus' name. And I give you praise right now. Let's give God a big hand praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about what to do in a storm. Shake some hands, greet some folks as you're being seated. In my lifetime, and especially in the last 20 years of my life, we've seen a tremendous increase in catastrophic storms. Storm damage is now an alarming annual occurrence, and it gives rise to some new and surprising politics. Anybody heard of this new rage that's out being talked about now, the Green New Deal? which is all about trying to control the weather and get a, get a hold on all of this stuff that's going on. And uh, these are the times and days that we're living in. I'm not going to get into politics. I'm going to let that slide. But documentaries and reality TV shows are all about storms and the damages that they can do. And you can get a, you can get a second eye view 
of a tornado, of a hurricane, of a tidal wave, and of the devastation that has occurred because of it. We often take for granted the givens in life, and we expect the average experience to be the present experience. We'd like everything to be as good as it was yesterday, status quo, just everything just goes smoothly. I love it when I can wake up to a bright, sunny morning rather than a cloudy, rainy one. How about you? Amen. Amen. Just something about seeing that sunshine that brightens up your day and immediately makes you feel well and good and uh, to have good hope and expectation for life. But we should understand that things bigger than us have tremendous power over our circumstances. Let's just take the elements, for instance. The oceans cover 71% of the planet. And uh, if the Earth's surface were uniform, which we know it isn't, the highest point is about six miles high above the Earth, but if you were to take a big giant iron and flatten out all the mountains, fill in all the valleys, and make all the land that is visible above the waves, if you were to all make it an average height, it would be about a half mile high. If you flatten out all the earth, it would be about a half mile high. But here's the rub. The ocean would cover the entire planet to the depth of two feet if you could flatten it all out. There's tremendous force at work on the planet. And part of that force is our satellite, the moon, one-third the size of the Earth, locked in tidal rotation around the planet, 240,000 miles away. It gives rise to daily tides. Every 12 hours, twice daily, the tides come in and go out on our planet. If you've ever been to the coast, walked the seashores, you're familiar with the action of the tide. It can go out and it can come in while you're there. And uh, the tides on the planet run as high as 60 feet high. Can you imagine? Certain points of the earth. The Bay of Fundy, for instance, is known for these extreme tidal deviations twice a day. And uh, 60 feet, that's a lot of feet high of water coming in or water going out. The Earth's crust is bent twice daily and pulled outward by several inches as the tide sweeps by. We don't realize that it, but part of the dynamic energy of our planet is being acted upon even as we sit here twice daily. The earth bends and flexes. It's part of what keeps the planet alive and dynamic. It's part of what enables life to be on this planet and organic creatures to exist on this planet because of this dynamic activity releasing nutrients that life needs to feed on. But at the same time, our, our planet is continuously being acted upon and being shaped by tremendous dynamic 
forces. We have the moon pulling at us twice a day. And we have the sun beating down upon us with ultraviolet rays and other rays that heat and cool the planet so that temperature and seasons and changes can occur. And we don't think about this when we take every day for granted. Days come and go, in and out, and we take it for granted. But all the time that we are alive and living, tremendous forces are shaping circumstances and affecting lives. Now, we in the Northeast live in a relatively secure and safe place. I wouldn't want to be living on the seacoast at this time uh, when the Earth is going through this kind of activity. Neither would I want to be in Tornado Alley, anywhere from Texas to Oklahoma to Kansas and all up and through there, because they wreak annually the real effects of the cumulative dynamic energy that is going on in the planet. Now, these forces have always been, they've always existed. The Earth has gone through stages of heating and cooling. Cooling can bring 10,000 years of ice age with ice three miles thick over where we're sitting right now. Or it could bring such warm temperatures and humidity that giant lizards could roam the planet bigger than any creature that we know of on the earth today. We live on a very dynamic planet and a very dynamic earth. But I don't want to just talk about the organic or the real or the average, but I want to apply to our understanding uh, what goes on also spiritually that there's a correlation and a connection. The sea is as tempestuous as we know. Storms arise upon the sea. And there's such a thing as uh, rogue waves. And they've been reported to be as high as 100 feet. They really don't understand rogue waves or how they exist. But mariners have reported these waves suddenly coming out of nowhere and with no warning. And they have the capacity to roll a ship and completely roll it and swamp it. In seconds time, the ship could be rolled and sunk. No time to get a warning out, no time to make a distress call. And suddenly, mysteriously, a ship has disappeared forever at sea and no one knows what happened to it. All of these circumstances and storms can come upon us. I've had the privilege in my lifetime to be a boat owner twice over. If you want to count, count bigger ones, I had a sailboat, 26-foot sailboat uh, at one time in my life. <clears throat> and uh, it, was, it was fun uh, owning the boat, and, and, but, but sailing it was different. It was scary. And there were times when the wind would hit the sail suddenly, and that boat would go right over on its side. It would lean right over, right to the gunnels, right to the gunnels. And you're feeling like this is going to flip over and it's going to sink and I'm going to go down with the ship. But the boat was calculated and weighted with a keel of 500 or 600 pounds of lead in that keel, calculated and weighted 
to, to reach a tipping point. And that when that boat hit that tipping point, the sails would dump the wind and the boat would right itself because of the counterbalance of the weight. You had to trust that. But when you're sitting at the helm and that thing is going over on the side, you're, you feel anything but trust and relaxation. That's the experiences of sailing. Then I bought a speedboat. And when the speedboat, you're at the mercy of your engine, of your motor. And if the spark plugs are working, it's full of gas and, and everything is going just the way it should go. We were on Second Dagalite one time with the family and, and out there. And then suddenly a, a squall came up on the lake. Tremendous wind began to blow. And I pulled up at the anchor and cranked the boat, but it didn't crank. It wouldn't start. I cranked and cranked and it wouldn't start. And we were close to where the highway, uh, a bend in the highway along the lake and in, in, in a palisade of rocks there, uh, the seawall where the road was and the seawall and the rocks. And we were, and the wind was blowing us right into it, right into it. And when it picked up and blew, it blew that boat, it just blew it and blew it. No paddle would have done it. I couldn't get the motor started. And, and we were drifting so fast, we were going to wreck into the wall and to the rocks. And my family on board. It's a scary thing. You're throwing anchors over the board. You're doing everything you can to try to stop and control what's happening because you're in a storm. I want to talk to you about what to do in a storm because not, not in a literal sense, but in a spiritual sense, every one of us are going to have storms in our life. I say storms plurally because there is not just going to be one storm that you're going to face. Life being such that it is, you take every day as an average day and you wish it would all be the same. But there are tremendous forces at work in our world, in our spiritual world, that are seeking to shipwreck us, seeking to sink us, seeking to, to cause us to sink, to rise no more. They want to destroy your life. These storms can come upon us suddenly and we experience turmoil and devastation. We don't really know what to do. We're desperate. We're thrashing about. We're seeking answers. If you've ever been in a situation, and I'm sure some of you have, where you were so desperate and did not know what to do or where to turn or how you were going to get out of this mess, then you were in a storm. You may be in a storm right now. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you that there are things that we can do in our storm of life. So our average day becomes something else. Look at verse 13. The Bible said, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they obtained their purpose, they loose thence and sail. Your average day comes up. The sun is shining. Everything looks great. It looks like you're going to be able to fulfill your plan. You're going to, your, your life's going to be okay. You're, you're going to take off. That day's going to be fine. It's all going to, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. And you let go and you start sailing. You don't anticipate trouble. You're not looking for trouble. But verse 14 says, but not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euracladon. 
So here you are failing all in life. You're, you're working hard, going to church. You read your Bible. You're living for God. You're doing your best to be a witness. You're doing everything you know that you should do. But, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Heraclidon. Boom. You're in a storm. Your ship is heaving and tossing. Your faith is heaving and tossing. You're being tested. You're being tempted. You're being pulled at. Satan is blowing into your sails his vicious hatred and his foul winds that try to destroy you and rob you of your, of your joy. You're not anticipating trouble, but here it comes. Heraclodon is the Greek name of a violent springtime wind that sweeps the Mediterranean from the northeast. It, in, the, in, the, in the RIV, revised standard version, and the NIV, the New International Version, this word Heraclodon has been rendered in northeaster, a nor'easter. So it is, here's what we learn from this. Euraclodons are seasonal storms. They're not circumstantial. They're not unexplained or mysterious. But they are expected to come. I expect this storm to come at this time in my life. It's just called Euraclidon. It's violent. It's a nor'easter. But it happens every year, every springtime. It's going to come. It's going to happen. So it should not take us by surprise when it does. That is a great factor to benefit us. It's a factor in our favor. Because when you know disaster can take place, you can think about what to do in a disaster. And you can have a plan to deal with that disaster. And you can prepare for that disaster. And you can go through training. And you can establish protocol. And you can put some foresight in how will I handle myself when the storm comes. Because I know the storm is going to come. Hallelujah. So here it comes. Well, here's some things that they did. The first thing that they did in this storm was let her drive. Amen. Uh, verse 15 said, when the ship was caught, couldn't bear up into the wind, we let her drive. So what does that mean? We like to be in control of the circumstances. When things aren't going our way, we try to make them go our way. We want to manipulate the storm to our benefit. We want to manipulate the circumstances of life. We want to control it. We want to drive it. We want to direct it. But this storm can be so powerful and so violent that there's nothing you can do except go with it. You just have to go with it. The wind is going to blow. And it's going to blow and it's going to carry you where it's going to carry you. I can't steer my way out of it. I can't manipulate my way out of it. I can't control my way out of it. But I am going to survive it somehow. I'm going to stay in this boat. And I'm going to survive it. And let that wind just drive. And let it drive. I won't fight it. I'll go with it. Because I know 
that just as surely as it came, one day it's gonna go. It's gonna go. Hallelujah. Yeah, but it came. But there's gonna come a time when the storm is gonna blow its fury away. It's gonna exhaust its violence. It's going to be tired of blowing on me. And when it's all done, when it's all free and clear, I'm coming out of it. I'm coming through. I'm just going to let it drive. Let it drive. Let it drive. Hallelujah. That's something you can do when a storm comes. Hallelujah. Some people want to jump ship. Well, verse 17 Tells us they got the lifeboat ready. Now the sailors were going to jump ship. They were going to get in the lifeboat and take off. They knew that ship wasn't going to make it. And they knew there wasn't enough in the lifeboats to save everybody. They were going to save themselves. They had much trouble to come by the lifeboat. But they finally got the lifeboat. You got to get the lifeboats ready. If it looks like the ship is going down... Uncover the lifeboat. Get it on the divot. Get it ready to go. Hallelujah. Get it prepped and prepared and ready. So they got the lifeboat ready. And then they did something else. The Bible says they undergird the ship. Now, now you might not understand what they were doing, but in those days, these ships were made of wooden planks. And uh, the Viking ship, the longboat, was, was constructed uh, by having these planks roped together. Not nailed, but roped. And the Egyptians did the same thing. So construction techniques going back in these days <clears throat> were designed to keep the boat flexible. So when the waves come, the boat could just kind of go with the waves rather than being hammered and beaten apart. It could be flexed. It could just be. You've got to be flexible sometimes with life. You can't just have it your way or the highway. Everything just can't go the way you want it to go. Sometimes you've got to give a little to, uh, so that the storm doesn't take you down. And so they, they were flexing. And, of course, when they flexed, the boat would leak. The boat would leak. And, and, and when, in a great violent storm, there's only so much give the boat could take, and then it would break itself apart in the storm. So what they did was what they knew. Look, we built this boat to last the storms to last the wave. We built it. We know we got to give a little. We know we got to flex a little. But sometimes you have to reinforce the boat. You, you have to undergird it. And what they did was take the lifeboat instead of run off with it. They went around the ship and they threw ropes around the ship. They threw ropes all around the ship, underneath and over above. And they tightened those ropes up and they tightened it. What were they doing? They were pulling those planks in tight, tighter and tighter because it was getting too flexible and getting too leaky. Sometimes you have to reinforce this. You just have to reinforce your faith. You have to deliberately reinforce your determination and your faith. I am not going to go down this way. I'm going to fight this storm. I'm just not going to sink. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to reinforce myself. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So they undergird the ship, tightened it all together. Amen. Sometimes you can get too loose and too flexible. And then when you do, you got to tighten things up again. Tighten it up. Don't get so loose you lose your faith. Don't get so loose you agree with sinners. Don't get so loose you agree with the wrong answer. Amen. I'm in a storm and Satan's trying to give me an answer. But it's the wrong answer. He said abandon ship. I'm not going to abandon ship. I'm going to take the lifeboat and I'm going to strengthen the ship. I'm going to reinforce my faith. Amen. I, I'm not going to go down this way. Hallelujah. The next thing he did in the next verse was to strike the sails. Let's strike the sails. What does that mean? Well, we've been driven before the wind, been letting the storm carry us where it will, but it's just pushing us along so fast. And here comes that seawall. Here comes that island. There's some quicksand over there. We're going to get blown up on shore, and, and the ship's going to break apart. So they struck the sails, which means they furled all the sail, took all the canvas down. No canvas, just, just mast and spars. And so that slowed the ship down. It was being driven where the wind would take it, but not as fast as it would go. Not as fast as it would go. Sometimes you got to just kind of put the brakes on a little bit. Now, Lord, I'm in this storm, but I'm just going to kind of slow my roll a little bit. I'm just going to put brakes on. I'm not going to make any instant decisions. I'm not going to make any emotional decisions. I'm not going to let emotions run away with me and carry me off and just cause me to be stupid and disastrous and, and, and do dumb. I'm not going to let that. I'm just going to strike the sails, Lord. Strike the sails. I'm in the storm, but I'm just going to strike these sails and we're just going to let it go. But we're going to just put the brakes on a little bit. Put the brakes on. The next thing they did in verse number 18 is lighten the load. Uh, they lightened the load. So everything the ship was carrying, all the food, all the cargo, everything of value that was in the boat that they hoped to sell. And, you know, sometimes we're carrying around some things that we need to let go of. <laughs> we got some things in storage that we need to surrender. We need to give it up. Maybe God put you in that storm so you could lighten the load spiritually of the weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. Take it and toss it overboard. I'm getting it out of here. I'm getting rid of it, God. Hallelujah. This thing's going to take me down. Amen. Some of us will hold on to that sin and go down with the ship. But you've got to lighten that load. Hallelujah. Here it is, God. I give it up to you. I give it up to you. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Uh, Lord, you can have my house. Can't pay the mortgage anyway. I'm in a storm. Take my house. Lord, let him. Here comes the repo agent. Going to take the car. Can't make the payment. Let him take the car. It's okay, Lord. Take the load. Take the load. Hallelujah. Take the load. I'm going to lighten the load. Amen. This thing has been holding. I've been holding on to him. It's valuable. It's valuable. And I know if I just get through the storm, I can sell it and I'll make some money. But. I ain't going to get through this storm. I'm carrying too much weight. i got to let it go. Lighten the load. Well, they still were in the storm. Things were still wrong. Oh, my, I've run out of time. I've done preached my way right to the end of the... I'm only on storm number one. Hallelujah. The next verse says, Then they took the ship's tackling and threw it overboard. You can't sail a ship without tackle. 
They were getting rid of all the ropes, all the pulleys, all, all the spars, all the sails. I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, we, we lightened the load, sure enough. We got rid of all that stuff, but it wasn't enough. Sometimes you got to lighten the load a little bit more. When you think you've done it all, you haven't done it all. You hadn't done everything you needed to do. So they got rid of the ship's tackle. They said, this ship ain't going to make it. This ship is not going to make it. But somehow we're fighting to save our lives. And so I'm going to let go of the tackle, Lord. Here it goes. Hey, man, I'm just going to give up on the ship. The ship's done. It's done, but I'm not done. This ship might be done, but I'm not done. I'm not done with church. I'm not done with living for God. I'm not done. I'm not done praying. I'm not done believing. I'm going to throw the tackle overboard, but I am not done fighting. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep at it. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to note a couple things here. Verse number 10 tells us that they knew in advance the storm was coming. My point earlier on was that the storm was not a surprise. It was a seasonal event. And they were in the time of the year when it was likely to happen. Paul warned them and he told them. And the ship owners and masters and all the other people, they knew all the same thing. They knew it. They knew it. But they thought, well, uh, the risk is worth taking. And if we don't jump now, we might never jump. Look, there's a south wind blowing. And it's fair and it's calm. We might just make it after all. Sometimes we push God where he don't want us to go. Sometimes, amen, we put ourselves in a situation that God wouldn't have put us in if we would have listened to God. We'd have wintered there at Claude. We would have just done dealt with it. They didn't have any good motels. Motel 6 didn't leave the light on for them. There wasn't no great places to eat, but they wouldn't have had a storm if they'd have just stayed put. Sometimes you need to stay put. Hallelujah! I'm such in a hurry. I'm such in a hurry. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. If I don't go now, I'm gonna If I don't do it now, I'm gonna Come on, come on, God. Come on, God. Come on. Help me out. Help me out, God. And God said, I told you, I told you, don't do it. I told you, don't do it. You did it anyway. That's one thing to note. The second thing to note, Amen. Verses 21 through 25. And after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete. I've gained this law harm and loss, but now I exhort you to be a good cheer. There shall not be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that say with thee, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as he told it me. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Before we sailed, we knew we shouldn't. We knew we shouldn't. But after we did, I know some things. Two things I know. I know I shouldn't have done it. But here's something else I know. I know that God said he'd be with me. I know that God said he'd be with me. He said he'd be with me. 
He said he'd bring me through. God told me he'd bring me through. God told me he'd never leave me nor forsake me. God told me the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God told me he loved me. He'd never abandon me. Hallelujah. He'd never give me up. He'd always come after me. God told me. God told me. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. You might lose the ship and you might lose the goods and you might lose everything in it, but I'm going to survive. We're going to get through this, church. We're going to get through this. Because God told me he was going to save me. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give God a big hand praise. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk to you about storm number two. I'm trying not to take so long. Uh, but start, we go to Jonah for storm number two. Jonah chapter one, verse number three. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That's one reason why people backslide. They can't take God anymore. They stop coming to church because they can't take God anymore. He wants them to do what they don't want to do. God's got a plan for you, and it's a good one. His plan is to bless and prosper you and keep you and save you. But there's a cost to that plan. Amen. There's something you have to do to get that plan's value. Hallelujah. That plan comes with strings attached. And the string, the basic string is God said, do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you to do. How do you know what God wants you to do? It's in the Word. Read the book. Listen to godly counsel. Some people go to the world for wisdom. The Bible says the, world, the wisdom of the world is evil. And it's totally against the wisdom of God. They are diametrically opposed. You'd rather go to your counsel than your pastor. You're seeking worldly wisdom from somebody that's not saved and doesn't have Bible values. And they'll tell you whatsoever you want to hear. But you know good and well if you go to your pastor, he'll tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And you ain't ready for that. Hallelujah. Jonah was not ready to do what God wanted him to do. The Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there rose a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And the mariners were afraid, cried every man to his God. Cast forth the wares that were in the ship. Remember, you got to lighten them. To lighten it of them, you got to lighten the load. Jonah was down in the sides of the ship where he lay, and he was fast asleep. The shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that he will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Everyone to his fellow come, let us cast lots and see what we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. And so they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Okay, bud, what'd you do? We're all in trouble. And you have the answer to why we're in trouble. What did you do? I'm a Hebrew. I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet of God. God told me to go to Nineveh and preach. Instead, I went the other way. I went to Tarsus. I hired this ship. I went because it wasn't going to Nineveh. I was going as far away from God's will. I'm going to go as far away from God's will as I can get. God lays his hand on your life and puts a calling on you. And everybody's called to do something. God has a plan and a will for everybody. 
And you know what? We don't always like what it is that we want to do. Uh, I know Peter was called of God, but his destiny was to die upside down on a cross. Amen. I, I know that James was called of God, but his destiny was to be beheaded. And John the Baptist beheaded. And other people, they didn't always, it didn't always turn out the way that they thought it would or the way that they might have liked it to. Hallelujah. But God has a plan for your life. And when you run from God, you disobey God's will and plan for your life. Disobedience to God is sin. God says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. But you're going to run out there. You're going to marry a Moabite or an Ammonite. You don't care. And then you want to have a family and keep your marriage together. You need to find somebody who is as much in it as you are. Who is converted and saved and living for God with all of their heart. And if they don't meet that criteria, pass them by. Wait for God's will in your life. Hallelujah. Wait for God's will. Wait for his plan. Amen. They need to get saved, sanctified, spirit-filled, and living for God. I'm not going to preach a marriage sermon. I just had to put that out there. Amen. You're running from God's will. You can run, but you can't hide. God knows where you're at. Jonah knew he was in trouble, and so he was down in the belly of the ship. He knew what was going up above. These guys were all looking at each other. Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Jonah knew good and well who it was, and he was trying to avoid their scrutiny, try to stay out of the light. But they said, well, it ain't any of us. We've, we've done everything we can do, and the storm's still here. Must be that guy downstairs. Let's go get him, find out what's going on. Jonah admitted. He said, I'm, I'm running from God. So the answer is, throw me overboard. Throw me overboard, and you'll be saved. And sure enough, they didn't want to do it. They tried harder to save the ship, but when they tried everything they could do to save the ship, they finally decided, well, buddy, you told us what to do, and nothing else has worked, so I guess we're going to have to try this. It's the last thing we can do is throw you overboard. And so they did. Some of these storms we get in, we bring on ourselves. That's the lesson in storm two. You brought it. You brought it. Nobody but you is to blame. You knew what God wanted you to do, and you did the opposite. You did whatever pleased you, not what pleased God. You put your flesh ahead of God and you went off and just sailed your boat in the opposite direction from what God wanted you to do. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You have the Holy Spirit. You can think about backsliding. You can think about going back to the world. You can think about giving up on God and living in sin, but you cannot hide from the Holy Ghost. You cannot hide from the... If you really got it, amen, you can backslide on it. You can sin over it. You can try to dull, dull it sound and silence its voice, but you cannot hide. You cannot hide from God. He'll be there on your heels, and that storm that you, he allowed to come upon you, that storm was something, amen, he'll let come upon you because your disobedience to him and your sin in your life brought it on so he could get you back into his plan and into his will. Oh, let's give God a hand praise right now.
Storm number three is found in Luke, the fourth chapter. I thought I was going to preach a short sermon this morning. I didn't. Luke chapter four, verse number 35. Jesus. I'm sorry. I've written down the wrong reference somehow. I don't know how I did that. But I'll just tell it to you. You know the story anyway. Amen. They were in the, they got in the boat to go to the other side of the sea. And a violent storm came up on them. Overnight, a violent storm came. Jesus is in the bow of the ship asleep and the storm is blowing. The wind is blowing. The waves are tempestuous. The sea of Galilee is a small sea. It's only about mile and a half, two miles wide by six miles long. And, uh, and it's known for squalls and winds coming down, sweeping off the hills and, and down across the sea. And temperature change and bring it on. And it could come at any time. And they were in, and the Bible, the Bible calls it a ship, but really it was more like a rowboat that they were in. They found a boat recently. Archaeologists have found a boat in the, in the mud of the, 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 the floor where the sea had been once. They found this, this boat, and they call it the St. Peter's boat, uh, but it's only about 12 feet long. It's a wooden boat. Here's, all tw here's 13 men in a 12-foot rowboat. They call it the ship. Now, that's quite a load. And they're going across the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, here, a little wave, a little wave could have swamped that boat. They were getting some big ones. Two, three-foot swells were coming up, and, and, and they were just doing everything. And these guys lived, made their, most of these guys lived on the sea. They made their living on the sea. They, they knew what it was like to deal with this kind of stuff. They had been through many a storm before, and so they were doing everything that they could do. They were bailing for all their might. They were striking the sails. They were going driving with the wind. They were just doing it. Oh, hallelujah, doing everything that they could. And they worked it and worked it worked it. They let Jesus sleep. They worked it. We're men. We're men. We're going to analyst. Come on, guys. We'll, we'll get this. We got this. Now, don't let, let the master sleep. Don't bother God. After all, we can do this ourselves. Uh-huh. That's sometimes our attitude, isn't it? Hey, Amen. We just, okay, Lord, okay. It's okay. So, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's a bad storm. It's a bad storm. But I got it. We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. Hello, they did everything they could. Now, Let's talk about the things that they did. And I'm closing on this. I'm closing. If you want to come get ready for an altar service, you can do it right now. I'm going to make these four or five points. Here's what you do in a storm. Hey, man, when you're in this kind of a storm, first thing you do is you bail for all you're worth. <laughs> bail for all you're worth. Hey, man, just keep throwing water out of the boat. Hey, man, just, uh, oh, God, I can't do anything. I can't save myself. I'm going to get out of the ship. Somebody help. Somebody, oh, somebody help, somebody save me. Oh, no. <laughs> Get the bucket, stupid, and start throwing water out. <laughs> Be a man about it. Go to work. Fight the storm. It's coming in fast, faster than it's going out, but you're going to bail for everything in, in your power. Keep bailing. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Keep casting devils out. Keep rebuking sin. Keep rebuking the devil. Keep fighting the storm. Go, devil. Go. Go. Bail for all your work. 
Shorten the sail and let her drive. Hallelujah. Come on, storm. Amen. Do your worst. Do your worst. Hallelujah. Come on. You're not going to you're not going to upset me. You're not going to drive my faith. Satan blow your hardest. Do your your worst against me everything you can. I'm going to strike the sails and let her drive. Just come on. Hallelujah. Come on, storm. Come on. Then you put on your life jacket. Don't be stupid. Amen. Put on a life jacket. You know what you need to do. The ship goes down, have a backup plan. I got a backup plan. I'm going to put my life jacket on. Hallelujah. I'm going to rope myself. Amen. With the things that can save me. Amen. I'm going to prepare myself. Get my life jacket on. Hallelujah. It's called a breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. The righteous will not go down with the ship. Hallelujah. That's your, that's your life jacket. Amen. And your faith in God and your righteousness are your life jackets. Put them on. Hallelujah. This ship might go down under me, but I'm going to survive this storm. Somehow I'm coming through and I'm going to make it. Oh, praise God. Number four, you're not in this alone. You're not doing this by yourself. Work as a team. Learn how to work as a team. Everybody on this ship is fighting to save everybody on this ship. Church, you're not in this by yourself. Any one of us could be in big trouble with God and with life and with a storm. But all the rest of us have got to bail with you and pray with you and work with you. We're not in this alone. We're going to fight to save each other. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. What are you doing to help somebody who's floundering in a storm? Hallelujah. 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 Get in the boat with them. Help them out. Help them out. Fight for them and with them against their storm. Oh, praise God. Amen. We got to work as a team. Number five, follow your protocols and obey your commanders. Obey your orders. There's, there's protocols. There's things you can do. Somebody's in a storm. We know that there's things to do. We know there's things to do. Don't stay home from church because you're having a bad week. Come on now. Oh, I feel good. I don't feel good. Life sucks. So does church. Bunch of hypocrites. I ain't going there. Misery loves company, but misery stands alone because nobody loves misery. Misery might love company, but company don't like misery. <laughs> By telling it now, hallelujah. Follow the protocol. You know what to do. Do the right thing. Do the right thing every time. And even if it doesn't seem like it's working, do the right thing. Do the right thing anyway. Follow the protocol anyway. If somebody says go left, go left. They say pull right, pull right. They say pull harder, pull. They say let go, let go. Follow orders. Work as a team. Follow protocol. Do what you do the script. Do what you know to do is right. Uh, keep on going. What you know is right. For there is a season of reaping. Hallelujah. And there's a season of blessing. Just got to keep on living right. 
and walking right. Hallelujah. And when you've done all the right things you can do, and I, you can stand on this, I'm closing on this. You've done all the right things you can do. You can't think of anything else to do. You're all in this together. You're all working. What do you do? Wake up the captain. Hallelujah. He's riding the boat with you. Hallelujah. He's right there all the time. He ain't worried. He's asleep and that, that storm don't scare him. Hallelujah. Hey man, I've done everything I can. I don't know what else to do. Go wake the captain up. Go get Jesus up. I say, Jesus, where are you? I'm in this mess, God. Help me out of this storm. I need some help, God. I've done everything I can do. What are you going to do? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of us don't know how to wake the captain up. I listen to some prayers, and I know some folks don't know how to wake the captain up. But when you get desperate enough, you'll know how to call Jesus. Call Jesus. Hallelujah. Call him up. Hallelujah. Get him awake. When they woke the captain up, what did he do? He just got up. <laughs> Peace. Be still. Let me just stop. Hallelujah. Peace. Be still. Hallelujah. There he goes. What manner of man is this that even the winds and waves obey him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, listen, don't worry about that storm. Amen. That storm will come. It's going to come. It can be violent. It can be terrible. You can go through hurt and heartache and heartbreak and pain. But you can come through it. God can save you. Jesus is in the boat with you. There are things you can do. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to me, church. There's things you can do to survive your storm. Hallelujah. Let's